The Tights and Fights podcast, for over six years, a revolutionary force in sports and entertainment. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm wrestling has more. Wait, <laughs> I'm wrestling has more than one Royal family. Hal Lublin. I'm going to stop that. I'm joined today by my fellow member of the Nation of Conversation. So, what do you guys want to kelk about, Lindsay Kelk? Noted young lady, Lindsay Kelk, with so much to kelk about, Albert. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, what a week. Yeah, uh, so let's start with uh, Survivor <laughs> War Games 2023, which was uh, one of the shorter PLEs of the year, about three hours, clocking in around that three-hour mark, like the midway point. So we have the yeah. more like four-hour bigger ones. Even that, I think SummerSlam was like three hours. I feel like the yeah. the premium, like they figured out like maybe this should be shorter. Maybe four yeah, hours is three too hour. much. I feel like three hours is like the traditional <coughs> time limit, right? That's what they used mm-hmm. to be. That's what they should be. And by used to be, I mean in recent history. I yeah. don't need the four or five hour mm-hmm. nonsense that we were at at one point every month. Especially not Survivor Series in general. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, right, <laughs> Julian? Uh, yeah, I think three hours is the sweet spot for keeping me engaged and keeping everyone sober enough to enjoy it for all the way through, you know? You don't yes. want to lose people towards the end, especially on the East Coast. That's no. asking a lot. Now, uh, let's let's talk about the matches. Um, what stood out to you? What were your standout mo- like moments of matches or performances in particular from individuals within matches that, that stood out to you? I was surprised because I went in super, super pumped about some matches and indifferent to others. And mm-hmm. the ones I was broadly indifferent to ended up being my absolute favorites in that I loved the women's match. Mm-hmm. And prior to the event itself, I had kind of thought, well, this feels a little cobbled together. You know, they foisted the Becky thing at that last minute. Mm-hmm. And they tried to make a Becky Charlotte situation one week out on SmackDown. I'm like, no, I'm not buying it. This is kind of dumb. I don't really get it. I feel like this is messy. And it all just feels like it's building to a damage control situation anyway. So why would I care about this? And I cared about it because they did an incredible job with that match. Mm -hmm. And once again, the women came out and said, this is still pretty new for us. We're going to absolutely smash it. We are going to be brutal. We are going to take risks. We are going to go to the top. We're going to do all of the things because we are still proving that we are deserving of this spot. And they did and they smashed it and I loved it. And I've watched it a second time and I loved it a second time. And Aside from that, I really, really, really loved Gunther and The Miz. Mm -hmm. And I knew it would be good because Gunther can't not have a good match and The Miz is a showman. Let us never forget. But I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. Sure. I thought it was a killer match. One of The Miz's best matches of the last few years. Easily. Mm -hmm. I have a question for you about the women's match in particular. When you look at the lineup for it, there is a distinct sense of one of these things is not like the others. In yeah. that you have seven main event caliber women. And mm-hmm. when I say that, I only mean in terms of they have all been main eventers. They have held a title of some sort yeah. somewhere. 
uh, like a singles title. And then you have Shotzi. You have the ballsy badass. Do you think that her performance in that match brings her closer to that tier? Or does she get lost in the shuffle? I don't think she had a bad match by any stretch of the imagination. She just took every single bump. So she was like the inflatable punching bag. Uh, It's a tough one, isn't it? Because she went in definitely as, you know, the junior member of the team. And she came out looking great. And she came out, I'm sure, having earned a lot of respect from her fellow workers. I don't genuinely know if it did anything for her with the fans, with the Mm -hmm. viewers. I mean, I want to sit here and say, like, yeah, she was amazing. I loved it. I want to see her do more of that. But I actually find the current incarnation of Shotzi just a little bit grating. I'm like, oh, she's crazy. She's crazy. We've never done that before. They pushed me to the edge and now I'm crazy. I'm like, oh, great. Awesome. I like it better when she's just a badass. I like it better when she's just like, I'll fuck you up because I can. I'm a punk. I'm going to mess with you. I don't need, they pushed me to the edge. Do you remember what you told me, Charlotte, when you saw me with my shaved head? You told me I was beautiful. I'm like, oh, shut up. Mm -hmm. I didn't care for that part. But I do think she had a seller showing in the match itself. I don't know if it helps her going forward. There's a lot yeah. of talent running around right now. That was one of like Triple H's points that he made sure to, to say in, in the in the scrum afterwards is like that she elevated herself, really like brought her up a level. And I don't know, maybe look, I, I don't. She didn't look out of place in terms of she can't wrestle. It no, just felt like there's a lot of like, and I'm Junice to it, like just <laughs> not the same as the others, and treated yeah. that way in the match. Like it's it's different if. She had this huge showing and all these huge moments of of offense, but really it was yeah. just her taking. Uh, like I didn't, even, I don't even remember particularly resilience from her. She just kept taking hits from everybody. She just kept taking it, and that's you know, there's there's a part of that that makes you look really cool because you keep getting up. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they can keep putting her down, and she's always going to get back up. There's nothing they've got that's big enough to keep her down. Mm-hmm. That's great. I do, but yeah, I think it's going to end up being more of an insider thing where she probably in, impressed the Triple H's mm-hmm. enough to get more out of it than she needed to impress us. You know, it's like she probably needed yeah. to impress the inside more than the outside. I just, I need them to figure something out with that character, though, truly. Because, like you say, it's not just one of these things, it's not like the other. It's like the three women and the other three women on her team are just so elevated and so natural yes. and so comfortable. And she feels like she's acting to me. She still feels like she's performing a character rather than being Shotzi. They thought they could break me, but what they really did was change me. Yeah, they made me stronger, unpredictable, and un breakable and i can't wait i can't wait to unleash my frenzy of madness on them (laughs) and i i don't think that's always been that way i think she for sure when she had a tank and her green hair and was just like ah look at me chaos demon i love that and now it feels like she's trying to do something rather than be something if that makes sense yeah, yeah, they're definitely, like, trying on different hats to see what fits. Yeah. And it's not a good time to be in a big mat. You, like, you want to be settled into it. Like, to your point, she's with three women who have been in their characters for many, many years. And, and yeah. with the exception of Becky, those characters have not changed at all. 
They have yeah. been the same. Bianca Belair is the exact same woman she was in NXT, the exact same she is in <laughs> WWE, which, I, I mean, is great. I've I've already made my case, and I stand by it, that she needs a heel turn, like, desperately. Oh, yeah, but also, I agree completely at this point. Her, her not having been there for a long time and having her back, like, she's obviously a superior ath- athlete, and she does yes. know her character. She has personality. She has a connection with the eye. She has, checks every box. Also, they're not going to heel turn, or I don't think, this close to a reality show. You know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't think they're going to do that for her. But I thought Damage Control looked fantastic. I thought that yeah. whole thing was beautiful. I loved the storytelling of Bailey constantly sacrificing herself for the team mm-hmm. and them never returning the favor. Pumped to see SmackDown this week. Pumped. Yeah, I'm excited for it too. The standouts to me for being thrown together, and and I'm sorry, Danielle is ill, otherwise she would be here. We're going to hear from her in a pre-recorded bit, so I can't have this back and forth with her. But in our group chat, that was her, like, I'm going to go take a break match. I was like, nope, it's going to be really good. And then at the end, she was like, oh, that was really good. I'm talking about Santos Escobar and Dragon Lee, which mm-hmm. had, like, no build to it. He just showed up last minute. Dragon Lee, they're really building like, with no vignettes and just this guy can go in the ring, and he can go in the ring, and it's two two great luchador-style wrestlers who are fantastic. Santos Escobar is, you know, I think they're working hard to establish him to be the heel that he was in NXT, and it'll be well worth it when he is. They had a a really good match. I really enjoyed it. They did. I I, I did enjoy it. I really loved it, and I love Santos Escobar. I do think he elevates everything he's in. I think he, again, I think he's someone who knows exactly who he is, and it was kind of weird trying to put on the good guy shirt and LWO with him. You know, it always kind of felt like a slightly awkward fit. So I love that he's going, yeah, it's like his jacket was a little bit tight. You know, it's like just tight around the shoulders. And now it just feels like he is going to be allowed to be himself. I thought he was going to have his two buddies run in and help him. I thought they would, you know, finally come around and they would be like, yay, like, Mm -hmm. oh, God, I was back together. I, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I wasn't super invested because I'm not, I don't, I feel bad. I feel like a bad person. I feel like a puppy is looking at me going, why? I don't don't not like Dragon Lee, but I just feel like a little bit like I've had Dragon Lee shoved down my throat since Mm -hmm. Dragon Lee arrived. Sure. And it's like, oh, he's on NXT, but now he's on the main roster and now he's getting involved here and now he's doing this. I'm like, okay, we like him, do we? I get it. (laughs) And then he just lost. I was like, oh, you've been building him up. I thought there would be some shenanigans to be had here but it was i mean there's no dispute in fact it was a good match like you can't look at it and point to any part of it that was bad they're both fantastic wrestlers for sure another standout to me the i I actually while i thought they had a great match i think it would have made more sense to have zoe stark inside the war games cage that would have made a lot more sense because if you talk about someone who who is, you know, obviously they're building her up as well, but, like, she's ready. She had a great match with Rhea Ripley. It was a really yeah. fun match. She didn't look out of place. She looked like someone who could, who, like, she could have beat Rip, uh, Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Not On likely. Right, day, right? Yeah. It's There's like, reason if it why, happened, yeah. we would have been like, oh, my God, but we wouldn't have gone, fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> we would have and been she, like, oh, my God. I think she would have fit in really well there. It also would have been somebody else who had who had, like, a weird relationship with Becky Lynch. Like, it's just yeah. more inner dynamics to play off of, not as much yeah. as you had. 
And she's more of a I'm going to do a murder person than a I'm crazy and I love mm-hmm. getting beat up person. And I enjoy an I'm going to do a murder person in a war games. Um, that's what I that's what I like out of my double cage matches. <laughs> Brutality. Um, but I did think she was great. And I do. I mean, full credit to her. I really think she's come on massively. She was great in NXT. I really thought mm-hmm. she got to a point in NXT where I totally believed in her. And I liked her a lot. And then when she came up, the crowd really didn't give her much of a chance. And it felt like she lost a step in her confidence. And then the Trish stuff was such a mess. And that's not an insult to anyone, but it just got really confusing and it went on too long. And then she was sort of thrown in on it as the enforcer, but like, for why? And the crowds just were dead for her for weeks. But she has not let that get to her. I really Mm -hmm. feel like she is stuck to her guns. She said, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. I believe it. Um, And I am fully bought in now. There there is something that great athletes have that allows them to become great even when nobody else believes in them, and that is confidence. I'm going to give another example of a certain NFL quarterback who was interviewed before he went into the league. They were like, how many times did you lose when you're in college? And he said, four. They said, you know it's not going to be like that in the NFL. And he said, we'll see. That's the kind of guy who has confidence in himself, the kind of guy who can lead like an overtime drive and score a winning touchdown when everybody had counted his team out and now they're 10 and 1 E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles. But that kind of confidence is something... I was just going to say, oh, what team would yeah. that be? <laughs> That's the kind of thing that Zoe Stark has. She has that kind of confidence. Like yeah. she, And and that is something that a crowd will, will eventually buy into. If she yeah. believes it, you got a way better chance that you're going to believe it. Yeah. Because I was not into the whole, Rhea, I'm in your head stuff. I was like, no, you aren't. Rhea yeah. like, doesn't know who you are. You're a gnat. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh-huh. But then they put on a fucking great match. And it's like, oh. Yeah. And they, they really... I. I think where I would have leaned into that and where I think it ended up was that Rhea had overlooked her. You know, it's like Rhea wasn't prepared for her to be as good as she was. You most certainly weren't in Rhea's head, but perhaps you should have been. You know, it was that kind of thing. But um, yeah, good work. Good work. There was women. Yeah. I mean, Rhea just every time. Also, just a shout out for Rhea's fucking gear and her hair. Yep. Was it like a Lucha Vachon look? It was, oh. Sort of, yeah. Lucha, Luna. I just, it was so gorgeous. I was yeah. like, look at you. The student of the game, coming out every week, killing it. One of the best. Just, oh, one of the best. Triple H Go- said it in the scrum, I know, but like, that woman She's is a star. Yeah. Yeah. She's goaded. Well, that is the first half of Survivor Series. You can add your thoughts about the show at all of our social media channels. You can find those in the show notes. When we come back, it's the big returns from the weekend. Oh, what could that be? That's up next on Tights and Fights. Lindsay, would you agree that we really should have had a wrestling event called the Battle in Seattle at this point? It's sitting right there. But mm-hmm. while we wait for that gem to be picked up by a wrestling billionaire, uh, we can celebrate another great thing from Seattle, the Museum of Flight. Of course, it's Tights and Fights and the Museum of Flight. And a museum for eyes is great, but you can also take the museum with you wherever you go. Just go download the new audio miniseries, A Queer History of Aerospace. And if you do that, you will get to hear the story of Greg Sumner, the man who achieved his childhood dream of being a pilot and 
became the co-chair of the National Gay Pilots Association. Love that for him. And you'll hear from author Joalda Morancy, who will tell everyone how STEM can make the world a better place. I mean, why would you not want to do these things? This all sounds delightful. All that and so much more is waiting for you at museumofflight.org slash podcast. Or you can just search the flight deck on your favorite podcatcher. That is the museumofflight.org slash podcast. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin and I'm joined today by Lindsay Kelk. Now it is time to give one corner of wrestling some extra attention. This is our main event. Anal bleeding. Whoa! Get a life, kid. Rhymes with shit. Holy shit! WWE. I love Kate. Look at this face! And a hard fart victory. Live, Hal. What? So we had three big returns from Survivor Series. Let's start at the least problematic co-worker, and we'll just move on up from there. Our truth is back, as silly as ever. This is our clubhouse, man. Filthy. I know, and y'all ain't got no TV in here either. But look, I was looking for y'all. I heard that y'all was looking for a fifth member for y'all team for war games. I just want to say I'm in. Sign me up. Truth. War games already happened. Two days ago. No. Did you win? How did I do? Helping sell chips. I love them. Ruffles. They're not chips. They're ruffles. <laughs> They're ruffles. Hal. That's true. They're ruffles. They're ruffles. Hanging out uh, with Jelly Roll. I was roll. delighted. I mean, it did kind of work because I. it turns out we had some ruffles in the cupboard left over from Halloween mm. when we got like a Costco giant bag of ruffles for the party. And I immediately was like, I think we have some ruffles. Uh, and I did eat those ruffles. Fuck me. I was happy to see that man. It was so stupid. I literally was like, oh my God, it's our truth. And then it reminded me that it was a number of years since I saw Our Truth and the Miz and the pigeons at Madison Square Garden with the pigeons <laughs> talking about the pigeons. And I'm like, oh my God, there's nothing this man can't do. Love it. He's great. It's nice to see him back. He showed up on Raw as well. Maybe he'll show up at the <laughs> the Royal Rumble with a ladder or something. I feel like he's done that before. He's shown and up with like the wrong fine. thing. You know what? Like that's hmm? the right thing for him to do. Yes. And I am absolutely here for it. I liked the pairing of him with Alpha Academy, that felt like it made sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just a big fan. Just pleased to see someone getting a paycheck, honestly, that, that I enjoy. <laughs> I feel like he's more got one this. more run in him. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it's still nice to see him at always. Yeah. Next, we have Randy Orton, who delayed his entrance but came out to help the men's War Games match. Man, uh, he looked great. Not Not only did he look great in that match... But but he gave the promo of the night on Raw. <laughs> His promo was like on point, 100%, all the way. Everything with Rhea Ripley was great. He came back with like unfinished business, established why he's there, like, re- like had a heartfelt connection to the fans. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That, that whole time I was gone, guys... It gave me, I love you too. Looked amazing in the match. The RKO, while he had probably the simplest part of it, although he did have to catch the JD McDonough and, and make mm-hmm. sure he didn't die. Like, <laughs> it was really, like, he looked like he hadn't missed a beat. When you have double fusion surgery, 
I don't I even know, know how that's Woof. possible. Uh, my brother-in-law had single fusion surgery and mm-hmm. um, is not doling out RKOs up and down Sherman Oaks. You know, uh, that <laughs> is a very serious surgery. I am cautiously, this is Lindsay's day of being cautiously optimistic. Uh, it is the holiday season. Uh, I'm resetting the countdown uh, to days since Randall fucked up. Because I don't think it's fair to count days when he wasn't here. Mm-hmm. So who knows what he was doing in his downtime? <laughs> Apart from nothing apparently public. lifting light weights. Mm-hmm. Yes. There, I, this, is, this is just, I love a projection. There was like a humility in him yeah. that we never saw before. Because it wasn't right for him to have that before. He was supposed to be arrogant. He's supposed to be the apex project. You know, he's supposed to be Randy fucking Orton with his arms held aloft better than you. Yeah, But the fact of the matter is now he's the elder statesman and he's coming back in as the older guy. And I kind of loved that version that's like been here, done that, seen all of this. Nothing new you can show me. Let me show you some stuff. You know, I yeah, daddy's back. Daddy's back. I've been waiting a long time to hear someone say that. Come on. My dad went out for cigarettes a long time ago. Uh, (laughs) So I'm really excited to see Daddy back. It's apparent that he's someone who loves what he does and that has never diminished. And being away and having it potentially taken away from him forever has made him appreciated even more. I mean, he, at this point, has been on the regular roster longer than John Cena because John Cena left. He idealed it out to Hollywood. Yep. And so there is a consistency to him. Like, he has been here. He uh, Yes, he didn't become a movie star. His Marine movie didn't take off. Uh, and that's, you know, what he does best. John Cena is as good as as an actor as he was as a wrestler. Maybe even better just in terms of how, how versatile he is. Mm-hmm. But Randy Orton, as an actor, is WWE superstar Randy Orton in a movie. <laughs> yeah, even that one where he's like a sad racist. Like, it's still yes. Randy Orton, is it? It's still that's, Randy Orton. <laughs> that, that's what he, this is what he was born to do. Yeah. Somebody somebody said, I think it was Triple H who said, like, if you were to build, yes. th- like, a WWE superstar in a lab. From the ground up. I think it's, the ground it's up, been Randy said Orton many times. Did Michael Cole say it originally or JBL? Maybe. I can't remember. Whoever I've heard it so many it. times. Yeah. I also said it when I was making him in WWE 2K, you know. There you go. <laughs> Before he was in the game. <laughs> Julian was yeah. building him from the ground up. You know, if I was going to make him, I'd probably give him a cutter. I'd give him really, really big t- arm tattoos. <laughs> I was going to say, I might think twice about a couple of the tattoos, but he's had them redone, so it's not Very, so very obnoxiously short panties, and oh, look at that. There's They're my so WWE superstar. Tiny. Perfect. They're so tiny. I miss talking about his tiny panties. I'm pleased that they're back. I would have hated for him to come back in tights or some such nonsense. I miss his hot Also, pants. his legs look like tree trunks. His yeah. legs look enormous. He's huge. Everything's bigger. than bigger. before, right? He seems he's, bigger than before. Yeah, he's yoked. That dude is yeah. yoked. He's like almost well, he's Julian been, level. Right? That is, almost. Isn't, isn't yeah. it a rule that if you're going to go away for a long time, you had better come back looking like you just consumed a cow like over your over the years off or whatever? I hope uh-huh. so. I mean, I want to be like, oh, he's done that to protect his back and he's building muscle mass to protect himself. But also like, look at his legs. They're like trees. They are like redwoods. And he wants me to look at them. He's standing on top of a ring like saying, please look at my giant redwood legs. So it's fine. Yeah, um, if- and I hate to go down the... As a father of children, Root, because I hate when celebrities say that. Um, but to touch on something Triple H said as well when he said, you know, I'm proud of Randy and how he's grown as a man and as a father. And 
I don't know the man. I only know all of the stories of old. Um, and a few things that have been told to me personally from people who have had not so pleasant encounters with a past Randall. Mm-hmm. Seems like he finally grew up, maybe. Like, maybe we did finally find whatever it was he needed uh, to stop shitting in bags. Not that we're saying he ever definitely did that, shitting people's sports bags, but maybe he did, though. Let's reset the counter. Yeah. And say, day one, Randall. The match ended, and I saw the copyright on the screen, and then I turned off the PLE. I turned it off. Then... My phone started shaking so hard, I thought it was going to go into another universe. And and I and I went back and I had to like cue it back up and go see it. And sure enough, at the very end, we hear Cult of Personality, out comes Punk. The return we never thought we'd get. I've seen the reaction videos of people crying. Our own Mike Eagle was tearing up over it. Um, I... I got to tell you, my first thought, and I tweeted it out, was, oh, for fuck's sake. I get it. I get that uh, I get that there's potential money there. I understand. I am not a dummy. I also think that the roster is in a really good place, and the person who's running creative has, I would guess, have to, had to have done a lot of work to regain the trust of a lot of that talent who were... Suffering or unhappy when Vince was constantly making changes. It is a different product now. And you can feel that in what you see every single week. You can feel that in the way that, that storylines carry out. And you can you can feel that in the way that Triple H is almost avuncular or fatherly in the way he speaks about the talent. He has a Papa different Hunter. relationship with them. He is someone who was at the top of the game, no pun intended, for a very long time. Maybe one of the best minds for wrestling ever. Like, love him or hate him. The guy knows knows the business and, like, perfectly suited. Has already proven he could do it on a, not smaller stage, but a, a more developmental stage. And now he is, like, really hitting his stride. I think the product is great. So to bring in this element of chaos who we know people don't like, and we know people will do business with because ultimately that's what you do. But that's a problem. There could be unintended consequences to this. Maybe there will be none. I, I recognize the moment. It did not affect me in the least. And I will tell you that the promo that he cut the next the next night, like, did he have a shock collar on where if he said anything controversial, he would get buzzed because, like, he, he lost that crowd, like, halfway through. They were... They... He, like, got him a little bit towards the end, and they popped when he came out. But that was, like, in terms of the show that it was, it was a, it was a pretty good Raw. Creed Brothers were great. Like, there was a lot of great stuff happening all over Raw. And then to have, to have him come out and cut a wet fart of a promo. And once upon a time, an American dream taught me that as long as you speak from the heart, you cannot go wrong because it is the truth, and this is the truth. I'm home. The most important thing he said, not into the mic, but into the camera. When he said, I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to make money. What a great line. Doesn't that establish you as a heel? 
doesn't that establish more like why you're here and what you're looking to do? Like I didn't get, I, I maybe I missed something. I did not get that at all. And, and I wonder if there are people who listen to this, who are AEW fans who have heard me talk bad about punk and then thought like I would be thrilled to have him back in WWE. Cause I'm a WWE fan. Quite the opposite. Because when I, I think of Hal Lublin, I think of a massive hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I <clears throat> look. Oh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Either we're going to learn that that the bigger problem was AEW and and their toxic culture in locker room, where Daniel Bryan sits on this Krypton tribunal. That decides who gets fired. Of course he does. Why were people so surprised when they found that out? Of course he does. He's a known Uh, bully. uh, The man won't let his wife buy cut pineapple when she's nine months pregnant. Of course he had an opinion on what they should be doing. (laughs) Do you know one of the rules that you learn as a child? Clean up your toys. Especially if one of your dollies is cursed. Yeah. Especially if you got the cursed dolly. You don't have rainbow bright head up a committee to see if Strawberry Shortcake gets to stay in the toy box. Oh, she That is never absolutely it. ridiculous. That is yeah. weak leadership at best. No leadership more, more realistically. And to leak the story, too. And to get it out this week is so tacky. I was just like, oh, kids, come on. Everyone play nice. You've passed the cursed dolly over. Like, move on. Move on. Yeah. You have been freed. But I'm, I could not be... Yeah. Less Hell's stoked, happy. nor was I excited <laughs> when it happened. I didn't have, if I were one of those people who streamed video of myself watching wrestling, you would have just seen me put my head in my hands and let out a sigh like a hot air balloon <laughs> deflating. Aw. Well, you could have been at my house where both Jeff and I immediately jumped to our feet and both started saying, no fucking way! And entirely spontaneous too just like no fucking way i flipped out i flipped out pretty madly um i mean where to start where to start with wrestling's i want to say wrestling's biggest hypocrite but that's even for him that's a that's a big title to wear isn't it yeah i don't like petty bitter people I, even as someone who operates 90% out of malevolence and spite myself, like, I don't <laughs> want to see that in my wrestlers and my performers. And I, what I never liked about his AW ring was that was worn as a badge of pride. And I went back after the Raw promo um, and I looked at the pipe bomb and I looked at the transcript of his AW debut promo and I looked at this promo and... It was really interesting to see the through lines, like as a writer, like as a storyteller, it was really interesting to see the connective tissue between the three because it Mm -hmm. was there. And I agree with you. It was a a confused, it felt like a confused reaction to the raw promo. I didn't think it was bad, but what I thought people were expecting and what they wanted was a fuck AEW promo and they were never going to do that. He was never going to do that. As someone that wants to be optimistic at all times about her favorite thing that she loves, my greatest hope that I can get for this is that not necessarily humility and respect, but understanding. And I do think perhaps, and he made reference to this in his promo, that you know a wise man told him he would have to go away and come back to get what he wanted. Um 
But I don't think what he's coming back for is what he thought he was leaving for. I think he's coming back for something else. And I think he comes back not with respect and humility, but with an understanding. I think he and Triple H probably understand each other better than they did. And I think that... Oh God, I don't. I'm I'm trying hard not to be too optimistic because <laughs> the curse Dolly is always broken. <laughs> hey, you know what? Because Jump I'm excited in. to see him, Julian. I am excited, and I hated myself for it because I fucking hate that man, and I love my wrestling. But I is when he walked out into a WWE crowd and got that pop. You found something out, Phil. You were always part of the machine. You needed an authority to rail against, and you didn't have one. So who are you if you are not Punk? railing against the authority who are you you can't just go to AEW and say i'm gonna help the young talent and i like it here because we get to figure out our own stuff because that doesn't work you don't work unless you have something to bristle against and you know i i don't i won't speak out of school but between reports we've all read on the internet and things that we have all been told by people we know that have been to some places shit's not right there like things are not right behind the scenes at AEW and you put a combustible element like punk into that who has come from all that time at WWE and expects things to be done a certain way you walk in the door so imagine like I used to work in corporate publishing right like I worked for a big multinational corporate publisher things were done in a very specific way if I left that business then went to work for an indie even if it was an indie funded by a billionaire things wouldn't be done the same way right and my first couple of weeks I'm going to be like this is fucking great we don't have 10 meetings a week we don't have to have meetings about meetings I don't have to hit this critical path I don't have to deliver these things on this day because someone says so but then six months in you start to wonder why things are falling apart And it's because that structure that I am used to isn't there anymore. And I, from the things I have heard about AEW, is that what, that's what appears to be happening there now, is that people went in saying, this is so great, we can work it out as we go. We're all so talented and smart. We don't need the corporate structure and people telling us what to do. And it turns out maybe some of you did. I mean, Lindsay, are, are you trying to tell me that the company whose HR department is headed up by the guy who went and kicked somebody in the head that same night that he delivered the uh, verdict might not have the best corporate structure in the world? Somebody who, like, couldn't feel his nose. <laughs> you know, I I don't know what the fuck is going on. And again, I don't... I want everyone to have multiple places to work and multiple places to make money. And I want all my dollies to have the best time. I just think... He was a huge problem. Punk was a huge problem in that mix. I don't think he was the only problem in that mix. If he can come back, I think it's a limited ring program for him. I would love to see him go down to NXT and work with the younger talent, which is something he said he wanted to do at AEW. And then I would love to see where he goes from there. (laughs) If one of you fuckers suggests a glass spot, I swear to God, you gotta do it. Thank you for coming and playing for the Yankees. We're, We're just gonna send you over to Long Island. But he said he wanted that. He said that's what he wanted at AEW, right? And he did do it. He worked with the young talent at the beginning. Like, he did all of that. We'll see. I think those were probably his favorite people to work with at AEW, to be perfectly honest. Like, Yeah. And I don't even think his Seth program needs a belt. What I would do, honestly, here is have, even if you want to have Punk cause Seth to lose it, Mm -hmm. 
and then have Seth Punk go without a belt? It doesn't need one. Those two have nuclear heat. It is white hot. I could light a match off of that heat from my house now. By the way, the bit of the entire match being, uh, that entire War Games match being a way for, for Damien Priest to to cash in. Beautiful. Brilliant. Beautiful. Brilliant. That moment was played really well. The first, second, and third things people were talking about from wrestling that weekend. Number one is Punk's return. Number two is Seth Rollins and his reaction to Punk's returning, throwing up the middle finger, Double saying, butts. fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> and the third was Drew McIntyre not only stormed out from the match, but he immediately left the arena. He didn't get changed. Yeah. He didn't shower. He grabbed his stuff and left. Was he upset about Punk? How was everybody reacting yeah. to Punk? I'm keen to is know Seth Rollins going to play a Punk? I heard that. I heard the Triple H had to keep some of the some of the talent separated. Seth Rollins had to be somewhere separated. He's got to go repair all. Drew these. actually left the arena quickly to get to Mindy's Bakery before it closed because he was very excited <laughs> about it. Actually, he saw Punk. He already had a case him. of spin drift in the back. He already he was ready to go. I did love that Bailey. Bailey immediately posts a picture of her and Punk and AJ like yeah. Um, that was cute to diffuse the everyone's mad at him and according to him everyone isn't mad at him it's just a couple of people (laughs) I thought his promo was really interesting with what it didn't say like you say it didn't mention AEW all Uh, I liked that he mentioned he immediately invoked Dusty as soon as he got in the ring without mentioning Dusty he invoked Heyman without mentioning Heyman nice shout out shout out to his missus uh we appreciated that we we were interested in how aj's doing apparently it's fabulous i don't know if i will ever and i can't wait to hear julian's take on those exact words but i don't know if i will ever get over hearing cm punk stand in a raw ring and say i'm home god i felt i got chills when i heard it i was like that i got chills no but not good ones because i was Mm -hmm. like Am I high? Am I in, in an alternate dimension? Has something, is there a gas leak in my house? Because yeah. he's saying the right things and he looks like he means them, but I just can't believe yeah. it's happening. It's just, it felt like we're like, you know, if you have like any parents who are kind of closed off from their emotion, if they just suddenly came home from work and wrapped you up in a hug, you'll be like, what the hell is going on right <laughs> yes! now? Yes. Yes, maybe Hunter medicated him heavily. You're just sitting there with your dad, and he's in his chair. You haven't spoken for three hours. You're in a silent room, and he just turns to you and says, you know, the only time I cried was when I lost my virginity. And that's it. Never says anything else. (laughs) And he never will. Julian, what'd you think? Okay, but I I do want to talk about this promo, because I do feel like there are a couple things going on here. Because one was everybody's reaction to it um, compared to his AEW debut promo. I feel like that's the most obvious one to compare this to. And I saw a lot of people say, like, would show the clips side by side and be like, look at how he's got this, he's got the passion, and he was like, it was came from the heart. It's like, I'm not in that man's head, thank goodness. I don't know what he's feeling. Maybe it, maybe the well, AEW one... <laughs> Dark yeah, in there. It is dark it's in just, there. Uh, thankfully, it's very clear. No drugs. But, um, you know, he's just like, maybe he did feel the AEW one more and it came from a place of realism. But if you break down the content of each of them, they're both pretty much saying the exact same thing. Like, I'm here and I'm excited. I can't wait to go to work. That's basically what he's saying in, in both of those promos. And then the, uh, with Seth Rollins, I'm honestly, I hope that they do this feud in a way that goes beyond them kind of just hating each other because I do think that there is something there where Seth Rollins kind of feels like the foil to CM Punk because he came mm-hmm. in to WWE with a horrible attitude according to everybody who worked with him backstage. He did not want to listen to coaching. They told him to tone out his moveset. He didn't want to do that. He was a jerk to his coaches apparently. And maybe it's like if in an alternate universe where where 
Seth Rollins has said, like working with Triple H kind of got me on the right path. And it made me embrace mm-hmm. the WWE style to where he just, like, he is, there is not, nary a, a stronger flag waver of WWE than Seth Rollins, yeah. I would argue. Yeah. And I think that that's, like, a, there's a lot of things you can get into there where Seth can just say, like, look, dude, I was you, only I actually was smart enough to just figure out what worked here and make it into a yeah. thing where I I became more arguably more successful than you in terms of like longevity and like uh you know in, in terms of like people liking working with me. <laughs> yeah. They have a past too. Like Punk was I mean aside from the fact that the shield came up as a punk storyline, like Sam Punk was supposedly very instrumental in bringing Seth to the main roster. Mm-hmm. Like Just he was one of his chosen team when he was trying to put together a shield of his own, yeah. uh, but didn't want Roman. He wanted, <laughs> which that he will wanted be fun. Chris Hero, which um, if you don't think Punk ever I has know. bad ideas, I mean, come on guys, really? Like, Bless it. I mean, apparently he's nothing to fuck with, but it's not for I me. love him, but come on, like, come on. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, so they have a built in history. There's so much there uh for them to play with that it doesn't just need to be double birds and fuck you fuck you um they can't i, I don't know i saw a lot of people who's been like he's just back for the money i'm like do you have any idea how much money this man has he has a tremendous even if he only had his first run wwe money from all those fucking t-shirts and my own cm punk fucking piggy bank like if he only had his piggy bank money Phil's out. Oh, Phil yeah. the pig is back out. That's 50 cents right there. <laughs> if he only had that money, I think he is a proud man. And mm-hmm. I think he doesn't want to go out on that AEW story. Oh, I'm sure. If this is a farewell tour, so be it. I'm just not jazzed about it. If you were excited about it, I'm happy for you. To the people who are crying, I'm happy for you. You saw something that you've wanted for a long time that you never thought would happen. I mean, him returning to wrestling felt like a long shot. Him returning to WWE, especially after his promo back in AEW, which was a hundred times better than what he did on Monday night. That's the irony of Punk, right? That's the fact that Punk will never be happy because he was the biggest star. He had everything. He had everything twice. Yeah. Uh, and then let's not speak about the bit in the middle where he got his face pummeled at USC. Uh, but this is why he's a cursed dolly. This is why... Everything we say has an asterisk because love him or hate him, think this is right or wrong. Like, it could go incredibly badly, really, really quickly. Best case scenario, it doesn't, which is not really saying much, right? Like, there's no best case scenario. Yeah. I'm like, this is the greatest thing that ever happened to WWE. Best case scenario is this doesn't go horribly wrong. Uh, but we'll see. The thing they must address they have to address at some point is I can't imagine that there aren't a lot of people watching love him or hate him that feel the same way I do, which is every time I look at him, I was like the last time you worked for a company, you beat up a coworker backstage. Then, then you, uh, then you trash the company during a media scrum. Then you charged at your boss or did whatever, did something to make him feel threatened, which might've been like raising your arm near him. Who knows? But you did all this stuff and got fired. That is the last time anybody saw you. So for you to come in here, you of all people, you specifically of all people, for you to come back and not have that be something that you address, even if you don't mention the other company doing it, I understand the, the desire not to do that. I kind of want to hear from the guy who did all those terrible things. And I didn't hear from him on Monday night. I heard from the guy who just signed a new deal 
and doesn't want to ruffle any feathers, which is also never been what Punk's about. I think it was more interesting that what Seth said is that Seth was allowed to call him a hypocrite on the mic. You know, I yeah. thought that was more and interesting, they honestly. Yeah, because people fucking love punk. And this is yeah. why all of this is, you know, academic, because people love punk. The majority of WWE fans are happier sure. that he's there than not there. Of course. Uh, so, I, I don't know, man. I'm just strapped in to, to see where this is going. I and I hope it's not going back to the Cursed Dolly factory. Yeah. I, look, I don't know anything about anything. All my opinion. And I, as always, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I'm the, I'm the negative Nancy on the show. And I, but I hope I'm wrong. I feel like there's some pretty big things that I saw coming down the pike. Like, don't go with the rodents of unusual size. It's the wrong fork <laughs> in the road. Can always restart the choose your own adventure novel, Hal. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go back to phase one. That, that dragon melted me while i was trying to get the gold Wait, let me get my name again <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> anyway we asked you what you thought in the nation of conversation kevin on facebook said if punk is going to be anywhere wwe is probably the best spot they will keep his ego in check and i get the feeling he respects the talent more broadly speaking at wwe more importantly his boss won't be fanboying over him and giving creative influence on an entire show so that should nip some of those problems in the bud yeah absolutely you can't this is, a, this is a different yard. You're in a different yard. Oh, God, I wish Undertaker was there. They should put him back in the roster just to be in the locker room. <laughs> hey, he's got Roman. That's okay. <laughs> that's true. Oh, not not at Raw. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Who's, who do you think is the enforcer? You think I kind of want it to be Gunther. I know it's not. <laughs> I love it. Oh, he'd, so, he'd be harsh be but fair. He would yeah. rule with a firm hand. Yeah. Every punishment is a chop to the chest. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everyone would get one on their way out every night just as like a love chop. Yeah. And yeah. then if you've been really bad, you wouldn't get a chop. It would be like the episode of Friends where Chandler doesn't get the spank on the ass from his boss. It's like you would want the chop. It's like, I didn't like it, but now I do. <laughs> Goodbye, Mike. I love you. <laughs> Fernando on Facebook says, as annoying as I find him, I have to admit, I rushed over to Raw last night to see what he had to say. 100%. Love him or hate him. I think we're all at the very least curious as to how this will play out. I agree. I am curious. I'm definitely curious. It's, uh, you have my attention, but not for long. He has your attention now. <laughs> you have my, you had my interest. You had my attention. Now you have my interest. If you have anything to say about punk, Randy, or our truth, most importantly, you can find us on all the socials. When we come back, we've got three things from wrestling you should know about. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Folks, we get it. Keeping up with an actual play podcast in this economy is a tough sell. That's why we have great news for you. The Adventure Zone is changing up its format. We're going to be doing some shorter seasons, more experimental stuff. There's never been a better time to get on board the zone. And if you're sick of listening to our voices, we get that too. So we're including some guests uh, on this upcoming one. We've got Kate Welch and Gabe Hicks, who are incredible. And you want us to try out some new games? You got it. We've got the new Marvel Multiverse RPG. We're using that and with a really brilliant GM doing it. It's dad. What he's saying is it's dad. Dad so is doing it. It's yeah. dad doing it. You can listen every Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm glad you said that because nobody says that. Can I just say thank you to you for such a thoughtful interview? Oh, my God. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Bullseye. Interviews with creators you love and creators you need to know. Listen to the Bullseye podcast only from NPR and Maximum Fun. Welcome back to the Bullseye podcast. 
Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin and I'm joined by Lindsay Kelk and Julian Burrell. Now we're going to share three things from the wrestling world that you should know about. This is the three count. Watch my three count. Lindsay, what would you like to put over? Do you know what? I had like a million things while I was watching Survivor Series. I just kept thinking, oh, this thing. Oh, this thing. Oh, this is so great. Oh, I love this spot. Um, and not just uh, Kira Tozawa doing the shuffle, which is adorable. Like, why the, Why is that so shuffle? great? Yeah. Why is it so great? I love it. The ruffle shuffle. I love him so much. Um, but I'm really, actually really, going to really. put over, and we touched on it very briefly, but I am going to put over whoever, and I haven't looked into it. I should have, but I am so busy. Um, whoever made that production decision to have Damien Priest run out with the briefcase at the exact moment, or to have Rhea run out with the briefcase, sorry, and threaten a cash-in, because mm-hmm. it was the most incredible distraction technique of look over here that they knew they had a double bluff to come, you know? Because it's like, oh my God, we weren't expecting this. And then, oh shit, it's Randy. And then, oh shit, it's Phil. Like I, you ended up so high for that Mm -hmm. whole last 15 minutes. Uh, I, it took me a minute to come down. Like I ended up watching the scrum, which I was not planning to watch the scrum and not just because I was curious, but because I was so like full of energy and excitement and adrenaline because it was just boom, boom, boom. The hits kept coming. And I will say from a men's Survivors series match that I wasn't super into, um, compared to the women's, I thought it was a bit flat. No one really took the um, took the, took the chances that the women's did. Um, so that last 15 minutes of it, oh, whoever booked that, absolutely beautiful. Perfect storytelling, perfect wrestling storytelling. Absolutely. Julian, what would you like to put over? Speaking of the media scrum, um, yeah, as Lindsay mentions, everybody, of course, wanted to uh, immediately hear what Triple H had to say. He, um, being the salesman that he is, strung that along as long as he possibly could before he finally said Punk's name. Most of the questions were going to be about Punk. I think that he probably knew that going in. But I want to give a little shout out to um, Alex Lajas. You can find her on whatever they're calling Twitter now at Queen of the Ring with two G's. She actually immediately said, uh, I want to bring the conversation back to the women's uh, roster. And then she asked her question, which I'm like, that couldn't have been easy on a night when everybody Mm -hmm. wants to talk about one thing to talk about um, a group of people that always get the shaft whenever it comes to uh, the wrestling business. It was pretty cool of her to deliberately use. uh, You don't get a lot of time at these um, at these media scrums. You don't even know if you're going to be called on every time. But uh, for her to take her question and take it back to the women was a pretty cool thing. And. Thank you, Alex. That was really cool. Awesome. By the way, the producers of of that War Games match, the men's War Games match, Michael Hayes. Of course, he always produces main events. Jamie Noble. And Bobby Roode. Aww, Only Bobby. one guy without a funny accent. That's Bummer. why you thought that moment was so <laughs> glorious. <laughs> I'm going to start a little rumor. I Ooh. think that somewhere deep in her heart, because I've seen a video where Rhea, Rhea Ripley mentions that her favorite wrestler is The Miz. That she has, like, the little sister who has the crush on on her bigger brother's friend. Like, not going to act on it. She's got her fiancé. She's got Dirty Dom. She's, she's got all she needs. But, like, there's a little, like, can make her giggle like nobody else can. 
So recently during an up, up, down, down, she and uh, Prince Pretty and the Miz were all playing games. Miz was getting ready to leave, but he couldn't he couldn't go away without teasing Rhea Ripley. Uh, and you have to know that while he's doing this, you may be able to hear it a little bit. She is like in tears laughing. So here it is. Again, it's a quick out. Listen to all her music, by the way. It all goes like this. You broke my heart. That's it. That's her music right there. Go make a TikTok. Hey, thanks, Miss. Thanks so much. I'm going to take you up on that challenge. Always a pleasure. I had a great time. Pretty good. <laughs> oh, locker room vibes are, were immaculate. Just remember that. <laughs> He's got a bus. They can like, go wait in your bus, Phil. We're having fun over here. <laughs> wait your bus until you're ready to come out. So you apologize to everybody and say, I'm so sorry all the time. And uh, don't make eye contact unless somebody makes eye Think of it like you're in the gorilla world and you are the lowest on the totem pole. You, you or the, the chain, the lowest in the, in the gorilla group. You don't make eye contact with anybody. You stay low. You stay low when you're near them. And they, if they want to walk like over over you to get somewhere, you let them because they're going to be very gentle because gorillas are pure love. That does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Lindsay Kelk along with me, Hal Lublin. I want to say something before I plug anything, which is the opinions I espouse here. Well, they are, <laughs> they are uh, sometimes vitriolic. They are mine alone. And I, I don't expect, I, I don't want to uh, yuck anybody's yum. I have my own feelings about the product. You have yours. I respect that. And I want you to be happy ultimately. I just, uh, we all care about this very, very much. I just want to make that clear. Too Thank much, you. some might say, which yeah. is why yeah. you're yeah. here. Love also, kindlessness. <laughs> I mean, geez, Thank I'm you. 40 years into this now <laughs> to being a fan. I, there's no turning back for me. That's hey. literally 40 years. Literally. Oh, I was trying to think of anything else that I've loved for that long, but there's, there's nothing. I am so screwed. I'm so in this. Oh, yeah. you, God. I, like, oh, God. Anyway, uh, the Thrilling Adventure Hour is returning live on Saturday, December 2nd, which is the day this drops. But there is a link. You'll be able to watch video on demand, I think, afterwards. So look for the link to do that. There will be two different shows. It's going to be a really good time. The scripts are fantastic we had rehearsals i'm so excited to do the show and to get to return because unlike last time i do not have covid this time so i will <laughs> be there so uh, check that out Lindsay. i have books uh which you can enjoy uh the christmas wish is available now everywhere it just came out in australia and new zealand too so if you are over there it is now out. oh no that's love me do that's out too anyway the christmas <laughs> wish is available wherever you books are in paperback books uh books on books on books um it's seasonal and it's great and you should definitely read it however you like to read things i also did want to put over a book by a uh, noted young lady called kate Goldbeck. It is called mm. You Again, and it is being marketed very much as a millennial retelling of When Harry Met Sally. But Kate used to work for the Fed. Kate's a, Kate's a mark. <laughs> Kate's a mark. So I'm putting her over. Uh, you gotta, you gotta. So if you need another seasonal autumnal read, uh, Kate Goldbeck's You Again. Check that out. Hit it. Julian, do you have anything you want to throw in there? 
I do. I have one special request. It's uh, it's deal Ooh. season. As you shop for your friends, you're shopping for yourselves as well. We just got done with a very big deal. If you were watching Monday Night Raw, as most of you probably were, you heard Michael Cole mention it. You uh, could have uh, gotten Peacock $20 for the year. That's all your wrestling, all your WWE pay-per-views, premium live events, the archive of, of, of all the other live events taken care of for 20 bucks for the entire year. Isn't that amazing? You also got one uh, HBO Max as they continue to take an, uh, a scalpel to everything that you love with movies and whatnot. You could have also gotten that for $1.99 a month, which means you are saving a lot of money, uh, of monthly money. So I'm going to have a special request for you now that you've done that. Why don't you take some of that money and apply it to being a Maximum Fun member? Because hey. unlike all of those other things, we don't do scummy things like just cancel shows out of nowhere. We don't, uh, you know, uh, throw entire productions into the bin because we were very angry and decided to do a tax write-off. And, uh, you know, we like I would like to think that, you know, we could probably make your money and take it to better use than Netflix or any of the other things. So, like I say... You're saving so much money now that you applied it to all those streaming services and got the deals. Go ahead and put those savings to somewhere where the money can actually be better appropriated. And that would be right here with your MaxFun membership. Please do that. Hell yeah. That is our producer, the pun night stand, Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Thank you to all the Max Fun members that keep this show going. Keep up with us all week long on all of our social media channels. You can find those in the show notes. Find our Tights and Fights WrestleMania shirt at MaxFunStore.com and celebrate ice cream Christmas all year long, especially during actual Christmas. We'll be back next week for more, you guessed it, wrestling. Here comes the pain, bow to the masters, this is a podcast, they are podcasters, Max Fun's the network, Dyson Fights is the name. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artists-owned shows, supported directly by you.